This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. So who wrote the anonymous op-ed in the Chicago Tribune? inside the uh, White House or the Trump administration somewhere. In the New York Times. They always ask the question, well, who stands to benefit the most? Yeah. How about Simon & Schuster? <laughs> Bob Woodward's book publisher. Oh, yeah. How about the timing of this memo with, uh, his, or this op-ed with his book? I'm part of the resistance inside the Trump administration, the op-ed goes. And it reads like a never-Trump conservative. Like something uh, a Bill Kristol or a Charlie Sykes could right. have written perhaps more generous, but, but that doesn't, you know, George will, but that, that doesn't mean it is a never Trump conservative because you can impersonate, you know, somebody else's writing or viewpoints. Uh, Who's the leaker? The root of the problem is the president's amorality. This anonymous op-ed writer writes, anyone who works with him knows he is not more to any discernible first principles that guide his decision-making. Trump appointees have vowed to do what we can to preserve our democratic institutions while thwarting Mr. Trump's more misguided impulses until he's out of office. Don't get me wrong. There are bright spots, effective deregulation, historic tax reform, a more robust military. But with successes have come, these successes have come despite not because of the president's leadership style, which is impetuous, adversarial, petty and ineffective. Meetings with him veer off topic and off the rails. He engages in repetitive rants. He is not somebody who is consistent with the conservative Republican principles of free minds and free markets, this op-ed writer writes. Well, do you think uh, this gutless anonymous person really exists? Or is this just the New York Times Doing this for uh, yeah conspiracy to theories. sell papers. No, I, don't know. I mean, but for some, national security, somebody wrote this for national security purposes. They the New York Times should turn this person over to the government. Why don't you think? Because they're leaking information. They're it's they they no. I don't. There, think there's they there's, have no, a there's right. no there's no leaking information. These are opinions. You're allowed to have opinions. No, no. Well, who is it? I don't know. That's I think it's you know the. Is it Barron? Trump? It, well, Barron is the mastermind behind this whole operation, as I've always contended. It could be Barron. It could be... Melania? No. No. It could be Ivanka. Oh, it could be Jared. Or it oh, could be Simon & Schuster's, uh, you know, the publicist assigned to Bob Woodward over at Simon & Schuster. Uh, here's Trump uh, at, a lawn, at an event for law enforcement yesterday responding to this op-ed. He's part of the resistance within the Trump administration. This, person this is what we have to deal with. And, you know, the dishonest media, because you people deal with it as well as I do. But it's really a disgrace. Uh, I, I will say this. Nobody has done what this administration's done in terms of getting things passed and getting things through. Or in terms of keeping the uh, New York Times afloat, says Trump. Nobody has ever done in less than a two-year period what we've done. So when you tell me about some anonymous source within the administration, probably who's failing and probably here for all the wrong reasons. No. And the New York Times is failing. If I weren't here, I believe the New York Times probably wouldn't even exist. 
Now, uh, that's not uh, that anonymous opinion is not the unanimous opinion. Trump's former legislative director, Mark Short, was on CNN yesterday, said he didn't contribute to Woodward's Woodward's book. And he said, no, I never felt the need to protect the country from him. Um, He he, uh, manages in a different style. It's our job to give him the right information, let him make the decisions. And that's always the way I viewed my job Hmm. as his legislative director. Uh, With respect to Woodward's book, and that you have to, you have to discuss Woodward's book in the context of this op-ed. The timing demands it, I think. Uh, you've had now Kelly refute what Woodward attributed to him. Mattis. Mattis say the contemptuous words about the president attributed to me in Woodward's book were never uttered by me or in my presence. It's a definitive statement. Uh, you also had Nikki Haley yesterday chime in about uh, these characterizations of the president, and she offered her personal experience. So I think people read in it what they want to read. I think they see what they want to see. What I can tell you is what I know. And I know that the president has been a great partner to me on foreign security. I meet with him often. I talk with him often. Um, When I have concerns, I bring them to him. He listens, he's respectful, and he engages back. So um, if there are People who say certain things in the book, I'll just tell you to take it with a grain of salt, just like we've done every book before. Right. I mean, honestly, I, I love Nikki Haley. Hmm. She is a rising star in the Republican Party. Well, and, you know, Bob, Bob Woodward is easier to dismiss, is, is um, not as easy to dismiss out of hand as Michael Wolf, but it doesn't mean he's beyond reproach. Now, the flip side is uh, listen to what Britt Hume had to say on a Fox News panel about uh, the op ed. And it goes to the question of, do you believe that this is a problem inside the White House? Nikki Haley suggests it isn't. Uh, Britt Hume suggests that uh, this op-ed writer is onto something. It gets to an interesting question, because what you see here portrayed in the, at least the excerpts that we've seen from the book is this volcanic president who lays about himself in the most demeaning ways to people around him, walks right up to the edge of what would be incredible, disastrous decisions all the time, and prepared to do this, that, and the other thing, restrained apparently ultimately by, by aides around him uh, much of the time. And we, there's an account in there of a document he's about to sign to do something, and they came and took it off his desk. So what does that say to the people in the Never Trump movement, particularly on the right, who don't think that people who are serving in the Trump administration should do so because it, you know, it participates in this, in this fiasco of a presidency. It seems to me that the lesson that comes away from this is thank God for the people around Trump who are keeping him on the straight and narrow to the extent they can, because that's a service to the country, it seems to me, without question. Okay. Uh, so uh, trying to make sense of all these competing perspectives on the president to help us do that we're joined by matthew Continetti, who's editor of the washington free beacon and a contributing editor of the weekly standard matthew thanks for joining us again appreciate it thanks for having me so um your uh reaction to the op-ed to the woodward book and all of the opinions swirling that we were uh, offering examples of well i think they're two separate issues uh the woodward book is something that every president has to go through Uh, Woodward is very good at capturing the zeitgeist surrounding a president, and I think the best test case of this is his differing books uh, toward George W. Bush. His first book on W. uh, happened uh, in between the Afghanistan uh, war and the Iraq war in the aftermath of 9-11. It was very positive. And by the second book, which uh, appeared uh, as the Iraq war was turning sour, all of a sudden it was negative. 
So what Woodward does is able to he's able to capture what basically everyone in established establishment Washington is thinking. And unsurprisingly, everyone in establishment Washington today is thinking that Donald Trump is not uh, suited to be uh, to be the president of the United States. On the op-ed, uh, I'm uh, I'm agog. Uh, I've never seen something like this before. Um, first of all, we have no idea who this person is because you know there are more than a thousand uh, political appointees in the administration, and who knows what a senior administration official means. Uh, it could is it someone in the White House? Is it someone who sees Trump, or is it someone who you know is at, at an agency somewhere? And right. uh, and we have dozens and upon dozens of them who has real no influ- has no real influence in the administration. It also sets up a, a very troubling dynamic within the New York Times because the mm-hmm. reporters in the New York Times now have to figure out who this person is, and the the source for that information are, is their colleagues on the editorial department. <laughs> so I think there are many reporters actually in the New York Times who are uh, really frustrated and uh, aghast at this op-ed as well. And third, here's the thing. Uh, what, what we've seen time and time again are people taking policy differences with the president and turning them into some titanic struggle for the future of this country. And the fact is, if you read this op-ed, many of the claims in it are just false. President Trump does have guiding principles. It's clear. He, he, is, uh, he wants reciprocity and trade. He wants to protect Social Security and Medicare. And he wants to ref, uh, clamp down on illegal immigration and also change legal immigration. Now, here's the thing. Most people in Washington disagree with these principles. They have, for, they have for years. They have for three years. And so when you see this writer saying, well, I'm trying to save the country from Trump, what they mean is that they disagree with Trump on policy. And the truth is, if they disagree with Trump on policy, they shouldn't be working for him. Well, we do know, I mean, from the op-ed that it is, they use the pronoun he. So it's not a, a That could woman. be his pronoun of choice. Oh, oh, Remember the right, era in which we live. Yeah. What he's feeling. But Sarah Sanders, you know, they're asking this person to resign. Do you think that will ever come to light? Well, I will, I will say I believe the identity of the individual who wrote the op-ed will come to light. This is something that we go through um, often in D.C. Uh, the example from the Clinton administration, of course, was the anonymous novel Primary Colors about Bill Clinton, Joe Klein. his personal oh, yeah. scandals, and yeah. eventually it emerged that it was Joe Klein. Uh, I would even say uh, when the President Bush, uh, W. Bush, gave his uh, Axis of Evil speech, no one was really clamoring to figure out who the author of the Axis of Evil line was, but the wife of David Frum leaked it to Washington. So sometimes, it's, you know, even if the source or author uh, themselves doesn't want this information out, someone close to them will leak it. So I do believe we're going to find out who uh, the per- this individual is. And the truth of the matter is that that could be very damaging to the New York Times because if it emerges that the senior administration official who is somehow single-handedly saving the country from Donald Trump uh, is a you know again someone at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau <laughs> or or a you know or or a career a high level you know a GS sixteen or something yeah, at right. the EPA. Well, that's just embarrassing because that's not what is presented in the op-ed at all. The, the, the op-ed is presented as though someone who, you know, someone has uh, information regarding cabinet discussions, the most damaging and outrageous thing in that op-ed. And there are many outrageous things about it, I feel. Uh, the most outrageous one is when he says that the cabinet discussed 
using the 25th Amendment to remove Trump from office. Right. Well, one, if that's the case, that's a scandal uh, above anything else we've seen before. Uh, because there's what, what is the reason? It's true that Donald Trump manages this White House as though it were his private business. Of course, private business is all he's ever known. But the fact is, dis- despite his eccentric managing style, one might call it, um, how has the country been damaged in two years? I don't see it. You would think, you know, at the same time that this op-ed was released, you have the best lawyer in the country, Judge Kavanaugh, uh, yes. testifying before yes. the Senate for his confirmation right. to the Supreme Court. Well, Donald Trump nominated Kavanaugh. If well, he were this loose, yeah, crazy well, person... Yeah. Wouldn't he have? Wouldn't he have cho- chosen someone different? Well, don't get me wrong. There are bright spots. The anonymous op-ed writer uh, concedes. I mean, you know, it's sort of understated to to put it mildly when you're talking about Gorsuch and Kavanaugh alone. But he, it, it, the the interesting thing, and you know, this is like fun with conspiracy theories. I mean, this could be somebody who's like a, a, a deputy director or chief of staff to a cabinet official, maybe, say, like at the Department of Justice with uh, Jeff Sessions on the way out. And uh, I mean, I'm just you know, I already offered Simon and Schuster. So why should I stop with my conspiracy theories now? Yeah. Um, so so I mean, it could be so, how how better to make yourself a cause celeb in D.C. than to do this op ed? Ultimately, you get outed, probably not by you because you want to be like, oh, you know, you resisted. I didn't want this to happen. And it happened. And then um, I become a, a paid analyst on one of the cable news networks or um, write a book. or my op ed gets optioned into a Hollywood movie or, yeah, I go write or get a book deal. I mean, that's possible, too. I mean, any, it is. anything's and it, and possible. It, you know, but. And it, it shows kind of the selfishness of, of the author. Because if the author, again, if the author were truly concerned about the fate of the country, truly concerned, he or she would announce it publicly and resign. And that would, that would be a shocker. That would, that would be yeah. someone who had had accountability. This is no accountability. This is an anonymous quote. That's all this is. I've called it the longest background quote in American history. <laughs> it's, it's totally anonymous. Well, so what, how, whoever wrote it, has, there's no, they have no skin in the game. What about uh, this? And, and so this is why it's so uh, kind of uh, revolting. What, what about this phrase, though? He, you know, he obviously doesn't want to be like, I'm a lone wolf. Many Trump appointees have vowed to do what we can to preserve our democratic institutions. I mean, what do you hear with the coverage of the Hill that you do? I mean, do you get the sense that there are, you know, many uh, parties, uh, political appointees that are concerned or that there's some fifth column action going on inside the Trump administration? I, I don't know. I, I think it's a lot of bluster. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I think this op-ed was riddled with cliches. I mean, um, it, it's referred to the McCain um, memorial, and if you just all you had to do is watch cable news about the way that people were treating John McCain as some bygone from an era when everyone got to get, got along in Washington. Right. Well, that era never existed. No. I mean, there's a lot of just wishful thinking in Washington today. Um, so I, I think what's clear is that there are many people in this administration who either dislike the president personally and or disagree with him. And the fact is, he was elected the president of the United States. He was elected under the Constitution by the Electoral College. And we know, we've known his views. We've also known his personality. That's no secret. You can log on to Twitter. You see Donald Trump's personality every morning when he starts tweeting. You see it in the rallies. So we've known this personality for three years. 
he was elected president on views that were well established when it comes to trade, immigration, social security, and foreign policy. The job of his employees should be to implement his policy. That's what it's about. And if they have disagreements, well, then they should voice those disagreements. They shouldn't be stealing papers from his desk like Gary Cohn admits to in the Woodward book. Yeah. And they shouldn't be running to the New York Times under the cover of anonymity to, to basically uh, unleash rumors. Uh, and again, this, this rumor of this discussion about the 25th uh, Amendment, uh, unleash these rumors uh, in the pages of the, of the world's most influential newspaper. He is Matthew Continenti, editor of the Washington Free Beacon and contributing editor to the Weekly Standard. Matthew, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. You've made the switch, and it feels so good. You've switched to Chicago's morning answer on AM 560, The Answer.